Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Hello, you badass people out there. I'm back and I've got so many things with me um, that I want to share with you over the next couple of weeks and months. Because after last season, um, with each conversation I had, I really noticed that there is a pattern of success that all of my guests share in common, even though each of their stories is completely unique. In fact, it's 10 things that have all helped them to create their personal success stories, no matter the hardship, no matter the difficulties, no matter the trauma that they have experienced, those 10 things were the ones that have helped them set up a life where they're they're finally able to embrace themselves, where they're finally able to pursue their life purpose and really make a good living off of that. So I call those 10 things the 10 secrets of thriving women. And I've put all of those 10 things for you um, into an ebook that I've created. So in the ebook, you will not only find out about what those 10 secrets are and what they really mean, but on top of that, I've added to each of those secrets um, a section with reflection prompts for you so that you yourself can identify, you know, where are you at with each of those things so that you can understand what it takes for you to get to that level of all those amazing women and really create that life that you want for yourself as well. So go check it out. Go to olgamuller.com slash podcast and download the ebook completely for free. So welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. I'm so pumped today because I've got Emily Chetburn with me. Emily is a mindset coach who has years of human behavioral education behind her and her funny zero bullshit approach to life, business, love and spirituality has given her the enduring reputation of being a pioneer of the new personal development world. However, four years ago, she was in debt and waiting tables for $20 an hour, and even 18 months ago, she was struggling to attract clients to her business. But now she's a global six-figure business owner and recently hit her record months of over $50,000. And today, Emily will give us a look behind the curtain of what it is actually like to build a coaching business and how she was able to build it by being unashamedly herself. So I'm so happy to have you with us on the podcast. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so funny when you hear other people talk <laughs> about you like that and you're like, who is she talking about? That can't be me. I mean, the, the, the waitressing bit, yeah, definitely. But the, yeah, it's so funny to hear yourself described through another human being. Yeah, but I mean, mm. I, I find it, you know, um, first of all, impressive. Um, let's say for the short amount, I mean, it hasn't been a short amount. It's been a longer t- uh, journey, right? But still, like, I 
you got to this point where you know things started to change and from then on i feel like it's been quite a short journey to create this in my point of view great level of success and so yeah, yeah. i think that's a really good point actually because i think um Uh, there's a, a dating coach. His name is Matthew Hussey. He's mm -hmm. British, but he's based in LA. And he's absolutely brilliant. And I've been following his stuff ever since I jumped into personal development, which is about four or five years ago. And recently, in the last sort of 18 months or so, he's had this sort of astronomical jump. And he's on TV. He's on American mm. daytime TV. And, and I saw an interview with him recently. And someone said, oh, you know, how does it feel to be an overnight success? And he was like, honey, I have been doing this for <laughs> 10 years and five years no one knew my name like yeah. my mum would watch my videos and that was it and I, I think it's especially for anyone out there who's in business it's so easy to see the success of other people and you forget about the groundwork you don't get to see on social media in most cases the blood the sweat the tears yeah. the doubt the fear the how many times someone gets to you know giving up or, or how amateur it looks in the background you know my business really only recently have I really begun to um, outsource the systems and the back mm -hmm. of house stuff to other people because A, I'm not very good at doing it. B, I don't enjoy it. But C, it really needed somebody professional to come in and do something <laughs> with it because I was just making stuff up and putting band-aids over stuff. You know, like I haven't got a clue what I'm doing most of the time. And I think it's really easy, especially in the world of social media, to look Yeah. at other coaches or entrepreneurs and you know hashtag, hashtag laptop lifestyle but you know the reality is everyone's just fumbling around in the dark and and there is a lot of pre-work and a lot of failure it's almost like a rite of passage you have to fail yeah. and you have to have those moments where you want to give up and then you get rewarded on the other side of it because really honestly the thing that I'm learning more and more is that business it's a a mindset game and B, mm -hmm. most of it is just about perseverance. Mm. And that's the difference is that in the dark times when it hurts and you feel like you can't do it anymore and you haven't got any energy and you don't even love it for a minute, you're like, I don't even want to do this. What am mm. I doing? I could go and work in a bank and get a regular salary like all the normal people. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't do that. Actually, <laughs> my, soul, my soul won't let me. And so you rock up the next day anyway, even though it feels like shit. And, and those are the people. It's not mm. actually got much to do with talent. Most of it has just got to do with sheer tenacity. Are yeah. you willing to hold on in there in the, in, in the days when it feels really hard? Yeah, and it's a funny thing um, that I also experienced myself, let's say, over the course of the last three years, so even though, let's say, I'm still at my, let's say, baby stage of starting the business, but I already feel like um, I'm currently working still part-time um, to make a living. And then, you know, when you're back at work, you're like, I, I can't do this. And then you realize, I can't go back to this. I mean, it's a great feeling, but then also it's like, okay, what the fuck am I doing now, <laughs> you know, going forward yeah. with that other thing? And it's just like this big black hole. And uh, like you said, you just don't know what to do. Yeah, and there are so many possibilities, so many different things that you can focus on, so many things that you feel like you need to do, so many things that other people are doing. Yeah. Do I go to LinkedIn? Do I go to Facebook? Do I go to Instagram? Should I be building my email list? And everybody is telling you that they should, you should do the thing that they're selling, right? Yeah, so of course. It's really overwhelming. And then one day you wake up and you realize that you're no longer employable. Like, you could not go back into <laughs> the structured workforce 
for anything and be happy. And so that's when you realize that you've got no plan B. Yeah. And that's when you find the strength to, to wake up on those days when you've just had a massive marketing mm. campaign that's flopped. You're not quite sure how you're going to pay your rent tomorrow. Your mum is on the phone going, are you sure you should be doing this? This doesn't <laughs> look like you're having, you're like, oh my God, stop it, woman. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I totally resonate with that. I, I really, really do. And it is, um, it's such a, um, even if you have got a really great community and great tribe and great coaches and great mentors and great colleagues in the same sort of industry, and I highly suggest that you make the effort to network, even if you're like, I don't need more friends, well, I'm not a very sociable person, you've got to find people mm. who are doing it with you because otherwise it's completely isolating. But even with that community, it's a very lonely feeling Yeah. to, to be on your own with your laptop going, I have not got a fucking clue what to do. <laughs> And I have spent days, weeks in front of my laptop just having that conversation with myself and taking no action because I've just been so overwhelmed. But, mm. you know, the thing that I'm learning more and more and more is to be um, honest and open and to rock up. And if you just keep rocking up, somehow, somewhere, suddenly the universe goes, all right, here you go. And you <laughs> learn, you know, you learn. You, you make so many mistakes that eventually you've got to find a way that, that works. Mm. So let's get maybe one step back because uh, I was so fascinated by that, uh, let's say the small um, insight that you share on your website actually, you know, when you're describing how you're 37 years old and waiting just for $20 an hour and like realizing, you know, life is not working out the way I had imagined it to be. And so I was curious to hear, you know, What was, you know, life all about for yourself? What was your belief around life that, you know, had led you to, to this situation, to that point where you were like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, it's a really great question. Because you don't, as a child, you know, you don't come out the womb being like, I am going to be a waitress and <laughs> by the time I hit my mid-30s. I don't know what you guys have got planned for yourselves. You don't have that conversation ever. And I think... Um, You know, your external results are a direct reflection of what you are internally mm. and how you are wired in terms of your um, paradigms. So the thoughts, the experiences, the memories, your social conditioning, the way your parents brought you up, the religion that you had, the siblings that you had, the schooling that you had. All of those things create a certain neurology in your mm. brain that becomes hardwired over time as you continue to repeat the same thoughts, the same experiences, the same patterns. And then that becomes your reality as you grow into adulthood. And I think, you know, my external reality, my results, my lack of money, my horrendous relationships, my self-loathing, my um, lack of ambition is how it felt in my 30s. I was much mm. more ambitious in my 20s. Um, all of those things, plus the social conditioning of what I thought I should be by mm -hmm. now, right? Because all my friends are having houses and they're getting married <laughs> and they're having babies and they're going on holidays and I'm still scraping enough money together to get a packet of cigarettes and a six pack from Botlow on the way home. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was, I thought my external world is wrong because the universe hates me. These, this person has screwed me over. Um, I never got the opportunities that that person had. Mm. And actually, all it was was just a huge amount of internal work that needed to be unpicked, unpacked, healed, and then rewritten. Mm. And so when I realized that, when I had that penny drop, 
that's when I realized that I was in control of these results and the results were not ruling me. Mm-hmm. And the moment I worked that out, I was A, relieved because I'd spent so many years trying to control other people and other things and that's exhausting and it's, uh, pr- pr- uh, it produces a huge amount of high level anxiety in mm-hmm. you to need everything around you to be an exact way in order for you to feel okay. Yeah. 7.7 billion people in the world. That's a lot of chances to be unhappy <laughs> because people are going to do exactly what they want to do. Um, and you cannot control them. You cannot control the sun or the moon or the tide or the seasons. Yeah. These things are out of our control. Um, so the first thing was, was a real relief to know that, okay, I only needed to control me, which took out 7.7 variables. I did no longer mm. needed to be in control of. But the second was overwhelmed because no one taught me. No one taught me how to be a resourceful human. I was taught how to be an unresourceful human. Mm. Um, I was, you know, raised in a beautiful, loving, gorgeous home. I have two fantastic sisters. My parents were amazing. Um, You know, I don't have some of those really traumatic stories that some of my clients come to me with. And I know Mm. so many people around the globe carry with them. You know, I was privileged, privileged white girl over here. And yet my my perception on life was that I wasn't worthy, I wasn't very good, that failure was something that was to be avoided at all costs, mm. that it was only okay to set, to show a certain controlled emotion to the world, and that basically other people were needed to be happy around me in order for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so that was the process. You know, business for me um, has been all about unpicking who I am and then choosing who I would like to be on the other side of that but yeah a lot of it was a huge amount of belief work like what did I believe to be true about money I thought Mm -hmm. money was evil I thought money was the root of all of the arguments in my childhood home so therefore it made me feel unsafe energetically so then whenever it came to me I would do everything in my power Mm. to get rid of it I had more clothes in my wardrobe than even in the biggest Target or Kmart store that you've ever looked at. <laughs> and it was all, none of it was particularly great quality. It was all fast fashion. It was all, oh, 20 bucks here or 30 bucks yeah. here or, you know, this might make me feel happy for about three and a half seconds. And then I go back to being exactly how I was. And I was drinking a huge amount of alcohol, um, massive. I'm 18 months sober now. So it's been quite a journey for me. Um, Congratulations. Living free from alcohol. Thank you very much. Um, but, you know, I was I was smoking. I didn't care about my body. I had this sort of sense of apathy mm. about my life. And of course, when you are vibrating at that kind of energy, then that's what you attract. And then mm. you perpetuate more of it. You begin to see your thoughts in your reality. So now your reality is throwing back your thoughts at you. You're kind yeah. of in this feedback loop. This is how life is. I felt so stuck. I felt like everybody else had been given this like magic map of what to do mm. and where to go and what to say. And I didn't have that. Mine got lost in the mail. And <laughs> and so I felt resentful, felt really angry with life. But mm. I couldn't show anger because I'd never yeah. been taught anger as an emotion. So it, that kind of like ends up sitting inside you and, and you end up making decisions based on a belief system that money isn't very a very good energy to be around or that people that have money are assholes mm. or money causes arguments in your home. And also this acute fear of failure and being shown up and other people laughing at me or judging me or talking about me was so acute. And that comes from like a very mild bullying incident in my childhood that was so irrelevant. Um, Yeah, but but 
you make it this huge thing as a four-year-old child it's the end of your life it's this feeling of trauma and then that tells you okay I don't want to feel like that again so now what we're going to do is we're going to put this little wall up so Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel that rejection ever again you're going to put this wall up you're going to put this mask on you're going to you know it's because you're not good enough okay so you need to be somebody else to be accepted by the group and I just perpetuated that up until my 30s because no one taught no one taught me otherwise because most people don't know this most yeah. people are just ex- experience the reality they're experiencing and they don't know that if they are willing to go deep into the sort of depths of their mind and to mm-hmm. really learn how to connect with their soul that they can change absolutely Mm. anything you can heal trauma you can change your relationship with money you can change your relationship with people with yourself with your health and so yeah it was you know it wasn't a a set of unfortunate circumstances that took me to the waitressing world at the age of my mid-30s it was just that I I never asked for more for myself Mm. um and I didn't have the framework or, or the the understanding even that I could be anything different I just went with the flow. I was a real party girl in my 20s and I went with the flow. Um, And then I wondered why I felt out of control. And I I love uh, all the things that you just mentioned because I think this is like the the ironic thing, you know, when you see people, let's say, following this path of, oh yeah, graduate from a great school and then get a great job and then have a family and have your house and everything. It seems like people have, you know figured things out but in reality like I don't know I'm so firm about this belief that the majority of those people are just not living a fulfilled life they're just doing like what you just mentioned in their mind this has been like implemented like this is what you're supposed to do and they're just doing it but and I I was doing it too but without you know even ever questioning you know do I even want that (laughs) you know is that the right thing for me Totally. I went to school. I I always coasted through school. I never really had to try very hard. Mm -hmm. Again, like privileged girl over here. Really didn't have to try very hard. I aced all my exams with the bare minimum work. Went to university because everybody else in my family had and it was expected of me. Spent four years off my face having the best time. (laughs) I learned so much at university about how to be the party girl, how to be the girl that people wanted me to be. Mm. Um, And I had great fun doing it. Um, But again, it was sort of outsourcing my happiness to other people and making them responsible for it. It took me, I didn't take responsibility for any of my own shit until I hit my mid to late, mid to late thirties. And even now I'm uh, on the brink of 39. And even now I, you know, I still have to remind myself, Hey, Em, you are responsible for you. I'm not responsible for anybody else. I'm not responsible for what you think of me. I'm not responsible for how you react to me. I'm not responsible for your fear or for your trauma, but I am a hundred percent responsible for me. And I have to remind myself that on a daily basis because I was the youngest of my entire family. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it by no it's nobody's fault this isn't anyone there's no one to blame for this yeah. it's just I was the youngest of my family and you know that affects the way that you're brought up it affects what other people expect of you or mm. don't expect of you in my case so yeah it's it's you know it's all for me it was all just unpicking my social conditioning and the belief systems that I'd formed as a really young child and and asking myself okay well those are only true because I have become my own self-fulfilling prophecy. So if I decide that I 
if I, if I can work out who I want to be and how I want to live. Mm-hmm. So I never had, you know, I, I never even had that conversation with myself. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Because I was so trapped in the paradigm of the system. I was so trapped in the paradigm of school, university, a little bit of travel so that you've got some interesting yeah. uh, dinner party conversation. <laughs> um, and then, you know, come home, find a good career, buy a house, have a nice holiday a year, push yeah. out a couple of kids and then die. And so that's, that was, you know, the, the missing bit of that for me was that I hadn't found a partner and I didn't have a career. Um, mm. And that was enough to, to put me into such a tailspin and such self-loathing and feeling like I wasn't worthy of those things that then it's really hard to break the cycle and break out of it. Mm. Um, but, you know, the thing that I'm learning more and more and more is that that is just social conditioning and social yeah. social structure and it's just bullshit yeah you now i've got my eldest niece at the moment is trying to work out what she wants to do for her a levels i don't mm-hmm. even know if they do a levels anymore but in my world that's what <laughs> they're called you know that when you finish like the big bulk of school and you have those kind of two years between school and university in the uk and they're called well when i was there they were called a levels and she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I was like, that's because you're 15. Yeah. You're not meant to know what you, what you want to do. Do what you enjoy doing. Yeah, but the sensible thing, Nat, don't ever do the sensible thing. <laughs> do the fun thing. Do the thing that makes you passionate. Do the thing that makes you feel expansive. Do the thing that lights you up. Do the thing that if you didn't get to do it, you know that you would shrink a little bit as a human being. Go and do that. And don't worry about timelines. Don't worry about university. It's this idea that it's like, overly perpetuated in our society built from decades and decades and generations of fear of needing to belong needing to tow the rope needing to be safe needing to be secure those things don't make you happy they don't yeah safety doesn't make you feel happy no safety makes you feel safe yeah i so feel that because i actually have also a niece and she's 16 and she was also one of the main motivations why i eventually went for the podcast because I was like I just want to show her and you know other women or girls like her you know that there's a zillion ways of how you can create a you know a fulfilling life and how you can thrive and that it doesn't always have to be like this you know I don't know a cookie cutter approach that you know I don't know 90% of people are pursuing or probably even more so how did yeah, that how did that event or that evening change you know the course of your life so you went from being a waitress to to what <laughs> actually oh okay so yeah that's a great question so I mean there was a whole backstory that goes behind it that I won't regale you with now but it was a um an incident where there's a huge amount of alcohol involved and um yeah I ended up making a complete twat of myself and and feeling like a huge amount of shame and yeah I had this kind of like moment the next morning after I'd been violently sick in my own hair and I remember just looking at myself in the mirror and just being like this has to stop Hmm. like this is not living this is I don't know who you are I don't like who you are and this stops right now Mm -hmm. I, I, I will I was in so much pain that I was willing to be uncomfortable to make the change and I think that's the key. Most people, we mm. crave biologically. When you when you strip us down to our DNA, biologically, all we want is to feel, is to survive and to procreate. And 
and to continue the sort of the lineage and and so our physical being interprets any kind of change as potential danger so we are always living our life looking for danger looking for danger going for that promotion danger you know Mm. telling that person I love them danger deciding not to go to university and putting a backpack on and going eat praying loving out of my life and like (laughs) stalking Elizabeth Gilbert danger and so not that I recommend you stalk anyone. <laughs> but, and so, but if you're going to stalk someone, it's probably going to be Elizabeth Gilbert. And so, and so I had just spent so long being comfortable mm. and doing the safe thing. And the pain of that finally had gotten so much stronger than the pain that I linked to the fear of change. Mm. And so I went on this, I turned into like this, obsessive slightly annoying I would imagine woman and I I just went I took the money that I had so we've all got three resources available to us at any given time time money and energy Mm. and I was letting my time my money and my energy go to try and validate myself from external sources so my money was being spent at Kmart or on alcohol because it's much easier to drink away the pain than it is just to sit in it and be all right with it Mm. and let it tell you what it needs to tell you and heal from it and then move on from it couldn't do that I didn't know that that was even a thing I don't know you just move away from the bad stuff right so what can I do to move away from this hard feeling this bad feeling this uncomfortable feeling this shaming feeling I'll drink more booze I'll buy more clothes So I took my money, I took my time, I spent a lot of time watching daytime TV and, you know, waitressing means that you're always on shift work. So, you know, I was watching Ellen in the day and then, you know, whatever equivalent of like The Bachelor or whatever it was, was on in the evening. And and I was, you know, spending my time lying in bed because I didn't really have any motivation to get out of it unless I had to go to work. Mm. So I just started taking my time, my money and my energy which meant I stopped bitching. I stopped involving myself in high levels of drama. I removed myself from those conversations, especially in the workplace about, oh, did you hear what so-and-so did? I just walked away from them. I just didn't give them my energy anymore. And I took those resources and I just started investing them in me. And I went and I found, this tells you something about my uh, intrinsic personalities. I don't think this has got anything to do with social conditioning. I was definitely born this way. <laughs> I went and I found the most expensive course I could <laughs> that I couldn't afford. I could barely afford the payment plan. And I went 110% in on myself. I just kept asking myself, am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to be uncomfortable? Am I willing to be seen? Am I willing to be in to move through the uncomfortable feelings that I know are coming my way Mm -hmm. and am I willing to back myself and I had to say yes even when I wasn't and there's something in um in neurology with the personal development world that we call praxis which is when finally your belief begins to manifest itself in your 3d reality Mm -hmm. and so for a really long time I had to tell myself that I was somebody that up until that moment I'd never been Mm. so I had to tell myself I back myself I believe in myself I trust myself I can do this I can do this even though I had no tangible evidence around me none at all I just had to keep going I believe I believe I believe I believe and then one day I just opened my eye a crack and I noticed that in my physical reality I had a result and that result could have been as small as my first paying client 
that result mm-hmm. could have been as small as I put something out on Facebook, I wrote a blog and someone said something nice about it. I chose to have a salad today <clears> instead <throat> of a burger. I didn't drink three bottles of wine tonight. I just sat in the uncomfortable feeling of being a human being and knowing that that's okay. And that's what we call praxis when your belief begins to sort of manifest itself in your 3D reality. And and the more that I did that, and I still have to tell myself I believe in myself. I still wake up some days and I'm like, who the fuck do I think I am? What the fuck do I think I'm doing? And when is someone going to come and pull the mask on and, and just be like, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I'll be like, hey, guys, what I'm doing. Um, so I still have to tell myself, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's sort of part of the parcel as well. You know, I, I just I just backed I just decided I had to back myself because nobody else was going to come and rescue me. And I think Mm. that was a huge realization for me. I was waiting for someone or something to come and rescue me. You know, I spoke to a client, a potential client the other day and we were talking and she was feeling apprehensive, which I totally understand. It's the biggest objection in business that you'll ever come across. Uh, Apprehensive about investing money in her own personal development because there's still such a stigma around looking after your own mental health. Mm. And, um, you know, I said, well, what do you think needs to happen in order for your financial position to change? And she went, I don't know, win the lottery. And I was like, that right there, that is what 95% of the world are waiting for. They're waiting for their boss to give them a promotion. Mm. They're waiting for a great auntie to die and leave them some inheritance. They're waiting for the perfect partner to come along so that they can feel lovable. And those things are, even if they do come to you, they're so volatile, they're so out of your control that you're always going to be in the, the fear of losing them. And so the only thing that you can build that is completely in your control all of the time that nobody can ever take away from you is your own self-worth, your own self-love and to, to really, really back yourself. And so that was it. I did this course. I think I paid it off. I think I only finished paying it off recently, actually. Like I just was just on this ridiculous payment plan that was just etching out in front of me. And I just started telling other people about what I was doing and in the process of doing that what I realized was that I was a really great storyteller and this had been the thing that since going to primary school Mm -hmm. I had assumed was my weakness I can speak 7,000 words when only one is necessary (laughs) I speak very quickly I speak very animatedly I used to, my stories used to be about gossip. They used to be about drama. They used to be about Mm. other people. Um, My parents threw me on the stage at the age of four because my mother was a phenomenal actress and I, you know, she just came out with jazz hands. Mm -hmm. And so my parents had always put me on stage and it was sort of a source of um, real pride, but also real embarrassment for me. Mm -hmm. None of my friends did it. Um, it was considered to be a bit of a daggy thing to do, a bit sort of naff. And so it was kind of like um, something I felt a little bit of shame about for, for a really long time. My love of the theatre, my love of being on stage. And, you know, my friends would say, oh, you just love it because you love showing off. And and so I, you know, tried to hide that bit of me because more than anything, I just wanted to be accepted, especially as a teenager. Oh, my God, who would be a teenager again for anything in the world? And so, you know, that was you know, this unique talent that I have been blessed with. And mm. I spent three decades of my life trying to suppress and trying to hide and feeling a bit shamed about. Mm. All of a sudden it became my superpower. And 
I realized that I was really good at conveying complex information in a fun and a quirky and a simple way for other people to tangibly digest in their life without isolating people, without yeah. letting people, making people feel like, oh, I've got my shit together. <laughs> and so I did that uh, for a couple of years and, and it was it was bringing in like scraping in results because, mm. you know, what you don't learn is how to sell, how to market, yeah. you know, the back end stuff of business and you've got no money. So you're doing it all yourself. You're trying to work out how to start an email list. You're trying to work out how to schedule on Facebook. You're trying to work out like all of this. It was just, it was so much, so overwhelming. And I don't really know how I chipped through it, but chipped through it, I did. And I think, you know, just coming back to, I cannot ever be back in that place where I'm waiting tables. I will never feel like that about myself again. So, you know, I kind of like was in this sort of little challenge of myself, really, of just like, absolutely not, bitch, you are not stopping. Like, you have to keep going. And so it was really scraping it together and of course you you look at what other people are doing and you think well that person's doing it like that so maybe I'll try it that way and Mm. that person's doing it like that and this was at a time when personal development was all about uh, positive psychology social media Mm. was really just grinding its gears and everything was hashtag laptop lifestyle and you know you're selling the dream sell the dream sell the dream yeah isn't it just and so you're selling the dream, selling the dream, selling the dream, but you're not living the dream. And so you're underneath all of this, there is this sense, or I had this sense of um, imposter syndrome and mm. really not being authentic and true to my audience or to myself. And then as the universe does, she will strip you down so that you can build back up. You know, whenever I worry or whenever I feel anxiety or doubt I look at nature and I'm like nature mm. doesn't get it wrong and I am nature yeah. I my personal belief system as it stands at the moment and I don't know I'm always open to change I've, I've stopped having this sort of fixed mindset again too painful <laughs> so my belief system as it stands at the moment is that I am having I'm a spiritual being that's having a human experience mm, but my that. human experience comes from nature and I am nature. And so I look at the world and I'm like, it is constantly in the state of expansion and contraction. I feel myself breathe and I have the tangible evidence of mm. that. My lungs go in, they go out, they go in, they go out. And so part of evolutionary growth, just like the seasons and the trees that shed the leaves, is that sometimes you are going to have to contract to expand. And 2017 just went, do, 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 do. I had a huge year personally. Um, in which my business as it stood completely fell apart um my partner left me just shortly after my mum had died and it was for one of my best friends and so it was just this like horrendous time awful horrendous time and there was this one incident I'd also hurt my knee I do a lot of running um not for my physical health but for my mental health, I just I find that when I am running, my brain clears, my energy gets released. I, it's like how to avoid a panic attack: run, because then you have the <laughs> symptoms of a panic attack anyway. But you're doing it to yourself, so it feels like you're in control of it. Um, so I'm a huge runner, and I I bust my ankle running, so I couldn't run at this time, and that was fucking with my head as well. And I just remember standing in my living room this one evening and the thoughts were so dark and I was in so much pain and I didn't, I couldn't see how it was going to end. 
And I know enough about myself to know that when you feel like that, you you pick up the phone and you call for help. And so mm-hmm. I called my friend Kim, who's one of the wisest, kindest women I know, and she lived around the corner from me. And I said, I'm I'm struggling, and I. I need you. I need some help. And she said, okay, well, I'm making a risotto. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Sounds interesting. like a good start. <laughs> uh, she said, well, I can't leave it. Like I'm staring at it constantly. I can't leave it. Come around to mine. And I couldn't even um, put my foot on the accelerator mm. pedal because my ankle was so bust. So I had to call an Uber and I get in this Uber and you know how some people are like really beautiful criers. Like they just like, they cry and you just want to touch them and hug them and love them. I'm the sort of person when I cry, it's like my facial features try and crawl <laughs> off my face and I get puffy and red. And so here I am, I've got this like red puffy face, but my eyes are non-existent. My lips have swollen into my nose, which has kind of spread itself. And I'm dragging my right foot behind me because I can't even wait there. I look like Quasimodo's sister. Seriously, it was like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I kind of like fell <laughs> into this taxi. And I was like, I literally need you to take me around the corner. And um, obviously, you know, when you're like, please don't be a chatty taxi driver. I want the, the yeah. taxi driver today. <laughs> Shut up. Has no words. Yeah. Give me the mute taxi driver today. And it's never that way, is it? It's always, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Tell me everything about your life. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ha. And um, so I'm in this taxi and we're having this conversation. It's quite labored, obviously. And the taxi driver turned around to me and he asked me the strangest question, completely out of the blue. And he said, um, are you happy with your life? And I thought to myself, of course I'm not fucking happy. How can I be happy? My mum's just died. My partner's just left me. My friends just betrayed me. I can't even run. My business is in ruins because it had been such a, my mum had died um, of cancer. And so I was back and forward to the UK and and spent a lot of time out of my business. And it was too young to sustain itself Mm. without me. And, you know, I was in a world of pain. And I turned around to this taxi driver to answer him and the word yes came out of my mouth and it was so certain and it was so grounded mm. and it was so unconsciously spoken and I didn't get it. I could not understand how I could be happy when this shit show was just like raining down mm. all over me. And, um, and then I got to my friend Kim's house. We ate this risotto and it was delightful. And uh, we were sitting out in the garden. It was, it was really early spring, I think. And um, we were sitting out in the garden. It was a really nice evening. And I just said, you know, I feel like the universe is just dumping all over me. And she said, I'll never forget this. She said, oh, it's not dumping on you, babe. It's just like your PT and you're in a really grueling training session and you don't want to pick up the next rep. And I get it. I wouldn't either if I was you. But if you are willing to hold on in there tomorrow morning, whenever tomorrow morning comes, mm-hmm tomorrow morning you'll look in the mirror and you'll realize that you are stronger and fitter and more resilient than you've ever been and you will be weirdly grateful for this Mm -hmm. experience and then she paused and she said but only if you choose that and that really was I've held that I've held that conversation so tight in my heart so many times if you are willing to hold on in then you get the reward at the end of it Mm. and so I came home that night feeling not better, but uh, what's the word? There was a, a, that tiny little spark of faith mm-hmm. came back. And I often say this to clients, you know, you don't get faith when things are going well. You get faith when you don't know if you've got faith. Mm. That's when you build faith. 
when you feel like you've got no more faith left, that's when you get to have faith. And so I was kind of like feeling marginally better. And I still, but I still couldn't shake this like weird conversation that I'd had with a taxi driver about, yeah. are you happy with your life? And normally when I can't fill the gap for myself, I'll go and find somebody else who knows and I will find out. <laughs> but in this, for this particular thing, I just, it felt really private and I, yeah. re- I really felt like I had to find my own way there. And so I just took it to meditation probably for about three or four days. And then on the third or fourth day, it just suddenly dropped into my brain. It's like life is a paradox. And what I mean by paradox is that in its very nature, it is the opposite of itself. So there is a universal law, um, which is the law of polarity. Mm. And when you learn about the universal laws and you really learn them on a deep level and embody them, you don't just learn them intellectually, you learn them through experience. When you get there, you'll you'll see these laws working everywhere. This is how you manifest what you want as opposed to what you don't want. And the law of polarity dictates that everything has its opposite. So where there is light, there is dark, where there is up, there is down, where there is hot, there is cold. You cannot have one without the other. It is impossible. And I think in that moment, what I realized was that the paradox is that I can still be happy in my life and have shit things go wrong Mm -hmm. because you don't get to just be happy every single day. You don't, you wouldn't then be happy because there's no contrast. You Mm. have to have the contrast in life in order to experience the fullness of life. And then I found um, a practitioner whose name has completely dropped out of my head. Hugh McKay. There it is. Boom. Um, A practitioner called Hugh McKay who did this short essay about um, instead of the pursuit of happiness, we should look for the pursuit of wholeness. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to be happy. Because when you're trying to be happy, you're negating half of the emotional spectrum of the human being. You're asking yourself only to be half of who you are. Instead, strive for wholeness. Is this experience making me more whole? Mm-hmm. And if it is, it's okay. And the moment that I that sort of dropped in, I don't know what happened. I just think I was like, I need to tell other people about this. And it was like, I'd found like, you know, this kind of like concept, which I'm sure so many people are already living, but it was just such new information to mm-hmm. me. All the personal development that I'd done was about NLP and rewiring yeah. your brain and positive psychology. But this idea that you are meant to have shit days, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm now no longer resisting mm. the grief and the pain and the anger and the yeah, I don't have to resist that anymore. All of a sudden, I've got way more energy just to have the emotion, love the emotion, listen to what the emotion is telling me and learn from it. And so I did a Facebook Live. And luckily, I built quite a good um, market through Facebook Live already. They were still there. They hadn't heard from me for months, Mm -hmm. but they were still there. And so I was just like, hey, let me talk to you about this concept. I want to tell you something that's going on in my life at the moment. And, you know, I didn't tell the ins and the outs of this story, but I just you know, the basics of this idea that life is a paradox. It's not a problem that we need to solve. Mm-hmm. The problem lies in trying to solve the problem. The problem is normal. It's okay. And it just had this huge response. And then instantly I just took action. I was just like, okay, I'm onto something here. And I think in one of those lives, I accidentally said the words, I'm unashamedly human. Mm-hmm. And it just took off people like, oh, I love that unashamedly human. I was like, okay, people love unashamedly <laughs> human. Let's roll that put a hashtag in front of it. Now it's mine. And so yeah. I, just, I just began to talk more and more about this. And it gave me this huge license 
to, to change the relationship that I had with myself. I'd gone from not knowing who I was and trying to be somebody else and learning some really beautiful, wonderful, very valuable tools and techniques to change the way that I think so that I could change the way that I could feel so that I could change the way that I act so that I could change the reality that I was existing in. But now I was learning all of that on a completely different level, which was it's okay that I am sometimes selfish and sometimes I'm judgmental. Those can be really positive things. It's okay that I'm stubborn, really positive. It has its unresourceful shadow and I need to be aware of that. But it's okay. It's okay that I'm a storyteller. It's okay that I hold court. It's okay that I want to be the center of attention as long as it's in the appropriate context Mm. and I'm doing it to contribute to the world around me. I'm not doing it for my own significance. Yeah. And or not my own significance alone, because I'd be lying if I didn't say that my job brings me a huge amount of of significance. But, you know, it's resourceful significance as opposed to bitching about other people or, you know, that's unresourceful significance. And so that was it really that was the turning point and would you say like being honest with people yeah and would you say that um ever since becoming let's say unashamedly emily (laughs) that has helped you to expand your business uh versus being let's say the proper emily yes oh totally and you know the first two years in business i was just trying to be what everyone else was being so i was trying to be marie folio or i was Mm. trying to be gabby bernstein i was trying to be brene brown i was trying i was trying to be all these people and and although the information is brilliant people feel that unconsciously totally unconsciously we are energetic beings we we assume that our five senses are how we live Mm. you know how we experience the world around us and And it's just bullshit. You know, we are, even before we were human beings, we started off as an amoeba. Mm -hmm. That amoeba didn't have a brain. It just reacted energetically to what was going on around it. So our energetic being is way more intelligent than our brain could ever fucking hope to be. And so I can tell you this brilliant information But while I'm doing it like this, and I'm saying, look, and and look at my nice house that I now live in because I did this five-step thing to happiness. While I'm doing that, even if the information is is correct, and I'm using my fingers to do the, like, air quotes there, even if that information is valuable to somebody else, you you feel it. You feel there's there's something off kilter. And you might like the post. You might comment on the post. You might keep following my work. But are you going to take one of your precious resources your money and invest it in me Mm. or your precious resource of time or your precious resource of energy and so again it's just like coming back to hey you know what guys I'm figuring this out I'm not a guru I don't sit on a fucking meditation pillow and tell you how to live your life I demonstrate that I am fucking it up left (laughs) right and center but the difference is I accept that as part of the beautiful exciting vibrant landscape of what it is to be a human being and I and I'm learning more and more I don't get it right all the time and it's definitely a skill um not what I'm necessarily great at but I'm learning more and more and more to embrace the full spectrum of what it is to be a human being and that means I'm not always happy and I don't always have good days and I do feel frustrated and I do feel angry you know these emotions which we have been told we shouldn't have you know, oh, you've got to be high vibing. <laughs> I don't have to high vibe every fucking day. I'm a human being. I have my period, for God's sake. Of yeah. course, I'm not high vibing today. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's giving people permission to be who they are. Now, the problem is, if you are always in those low vibrational frequencies, if you are sitting in there from a sense of victimhood, yeah. but you can sit in a low vibrational frequency and still be the power and the 
force and the victor of your life. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to feel resentment. These are normal human emotions. It's what I do with that emotion. Yeah. And the moment I stop making that emotion a problem, that emotion has less power. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally so makes what I sense. Do. So I, I by myself, I've experienced it so many times with, for example, with, you know, friends who, who come, for example, from Japan, from a culture where you're supposed to be like very, you know, sticking to the rules and being very obedient, let's say, and um, doing things the right way and stuff like that. And I've experienced it so many times where I'm like, just guys, you know, just let loose for God's sake, you know, allow yourself to have fun, allow yourself to, to do something wrong or to not say it properly or whatever the heck you know it is for you and by giving people sometimes the permission or going taking the first step uh, I feel like people it, it really helps people to you know um, lean in to let go sometimes mm. and I find that so beautifully when you experience that um, that kind of moment and um, what I'm curious is you know if you compare let's say the your first attempt or your first time uh, going uh, for your own business and then maybe the second time with let's say now this unashamedly human concept behind it what would you say has been different um, in how you maybe approached business or what you did you do anything differently or was it just you know having this new emotion this new feeling about it um I think the feeling came first and foremost but I think also um I I took it less seriously and that's not to say that mm. I don't show up for my clients or I just mean like I I gave myself permission to enjoy it mm. and to place less importance on the result and more importance on the process. Mm-hmm. And so that then ironically shifted my frequency around it which meant that I was no longer operating from a place of scarcity I am doing this to get a sale mm-hmm. I need to do this to make this money instead I was I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it I'm doing it because that person asked me a question actually it's a really great question or I could do like a, a live around that I could write a blog around that and and I and I began to do more of what I loved mm in terms of my marketing content and the way that I dealt um, with clients. So I stopped having um, as many one-on-one clients, really dramatically cut back and started doing lots of group coaching, started doing lots of lives, sort of doing mm-hmm. lots of workshops. Um, and actually really recently, um, because I'm still learning this unashamedly human concept and I think I will until the day I die, um, I've recently I'm launching next week a, a really short course I really wanted to give back to the community and I'm in a position now where I can so I've kind of put some of the foundational um, principles together in a 14 in a day really short course uh, lots of Emily lots of fun lots of workbooks <laughs> lots of meditations and it's for like less than 50 bucks so accessible to absolutely everybody because I'm very aware that there is a huge portion of my market out there who follows my stuff mm-hmm. like on social media but can't necessarily afford or, yeah. or in a position right now to join my VIP um, mastermind groups. So I'm putting this um, putting this course together and I'm trying really hard to get the recording right. 
I'm trying, I'm trying. My videographer's standing there and he's like, you all right? You're a bit off today. And I was like, that's always what you want to hear, isn't it? Cheers, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it feels sticky. And he said, you know, you're just much better live. And I was like, I am much better live. And I think for so long, I've done so much live video on Facebook and, and Instagram that I think I probably told myself that live video was amateur. Mm. that it wasn't you know that in order to put a an online course together it needs to be professionally done mm-hmm. and actually with my vip clients so i do two um high level uh, courses one is unashamedly human and then the next is next level results and that's for people tends to be entrepreneurs who who join that one who have a very clear goal as mm-hmm. opposed to i just want to feel better about myself and um and so I realized that even with that, like the videos that I are on the membership site, they're very short mm-hmm. because I didn't really enjoy doing them as much. And actually what's brilliant about those is the um, webinars that I recorded live mm-hmm. and that's where the gold lies. And I do lots, I do like live videos every single week into our communities and we do, you know, live Q and A's and all that kind of stuff. And that's where people really get the value from me. And I thought, why the hell have I been a telling myself the story that live video is amateurish and B, why have I not been recognizing that again, that's my superpower Mm. and to utilize that and to harness that. And so we just shut down production and then he came around after the weekend and I just did the whole thing live, like through my Facebook group, he Mm -hmm. recorded me doing it like I would do a live video and it's just made such a difference. And again, it's just like, what are you, what's your unfair advantage in life? Mm. everyone has an unfair advantage it might be um that you've got an accent it might be that you are really good with live video it might be you know that you're really charismatic it might be that you're really funny it might be that you feel really safe to be around it might be that you are exceptionally kind and nurturing you know everybody has got an unfair advantage which the person next to them doesn't have and that doesn't mean that the person next to them isn't as good as you or isn't as worthy as you we're all just so different and while we are trying to all be the same and this is the danger with personal development and that's why it begins to feel a bit culty after a while Mm. it's like you know if you think like me you'll get these results and you know the concept intellectually that's true but that's not really the way it works yeah you've got to be you and then you'll get your result and so you know it's in business if you can find the thing that you are really good at doing it might be that you're really good at writing it might be that you're really good at video it might be that just do that Mm. and and do it in a way that's so uniquely you and so I think that's been the difference to me it's just really working out what I love and if I rock up the way that I love me Mm -hmm. then the people who are meant to be working with me will find me and the people who are not and mm-hmm. most people are not. 7.7 billion people, most of them aren't working with me. Yeah. <laughs> and the people that are not, the people that don't like it, the people that don't like that I rant and that I talk really quickly and that I swear and that it's, you know, not lit in a beautiful studio with an auto cue, those people can go and find somebody else with yeah. a different type of structure. Diff- the concept is the same, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's so about, you, you really have to love yourself because if you love and trust yourself, then other people can love and trust you. Yeah. And that's when you make the sale. But if you don't love yourself, if you don't love what you're doing, 
you don't love how you're rocking up. If you are constantly under a mask of trying to be like somebody else or do it the way that other people are doing it, then you will never be able to sit in the energy of self-acceptance. And if you're not sitting in that energy, then nobody else can accept you either. You can only be loved as much as you love yourself. You can only be trusted as much as you trust yourself. And, you know, that's something that I am learning through experience more and more and more every day. That's beautiful. So what would you say or what is maybe some advice or some, I don't know, um, let's call it advice that you could give to people who are interested in maybe doing coaching? Because I feel like it is getting like a big run uh, the Mm. last years or still at the moment, you know, when people, I mean, that's how it happened to me. I didn't know this even existed, this whole industry. And I just found out by incident. And then I feel like what is so attractive about coaching is that you really, you know, you get to feel that you're helping other people that you're doing something you know some contribution and Mm -hmm. um it is also always i feel like promoted or so like it is it is such an easy you know business to build up you know you just go and find one person and help them and then you know it will start rolling but in reality i find it's very hard it's very difficult yes it's so not true (laughs) it's not that easy yeah it's like saying just go and build one house and then you'll be able to build another 400 houses (laughs) it's just not the way it works yeah and so this is so delusional and then at the same time like we talked a little about in the beginning you know you see all the other people you know somehow they're all making it and you're like wondering Mm. what the fuck am i doing wrong you know you're trying so hard and um if you were to give people some advice who are maybe even who are playing with the idea of maybe going into coaching or who are maybe still in the beginning and have this feeling like, you know, ugh, I, I can't get it right or, you know, um, they're struggling just building it up because it's just not easy. What is maybe yeah. some advice that you can give them about, you know, whether that is a good choice or how to approach it after everything that yeah. you've been through? I think get a really good mentor, get a really good coach yourself. I think a lot of coaches feel like, well, I'm a coach, so I shouldn't need to have a coach. I have three (laughs) coaches currently that I'm working with and, you know, I invest a huge portion of my money into coaching. Mm. So I have a personal coach who we just check in. We have a session once a month and I just learn a bit more about myself. Um, And I have a business coach and then I also have a mastermind group as well that Mm. I, I pay to be in and it's a lot of money and you have to you cannot do it alone yeah um so find somebody who you know who are you what have you done did you do it gracefully they're the three questions i always ask myself so who are you what have you done did you do it gracefully so do the way that you work are you does that fit into my standards and my values Mm. so get a mentor get a coach yourself do not try and do it alone even if you're like i don't really have any money like Find somebody. The second thing that I would say is um, get a very clear vision of who or how you want to live your life and who you want to be. Mm. And then ask yourself the most powerful question I know, which is, am I willing? (laughs) Am I willing to be that person, which will be different to the person that you are today? The person that I need to be to do the rest of my day today probably isn't the version of me that I am now. Because the version of me that I am now wants to go back to bed and eat some (laughs) chocolate chip cookies and watch reruns of Seinfeld all day. That's what I want to do right now. That's how I'd like to live my day. But the version of me that I need to be today is the version of me who has Oprah on speed dial, has her own TV show, you know, has dinner with Tony Robbins tomorrow night. That's the version. I have to act like Mm. that version of me. 
And so you have to ask yourself, am I willing? Mm. Because, and a lot of people are not. And no. that is okay. It's okay if you're not willing. Go and find something that you are willing to be the person for. So get very clear on a vision for yourself um, and how you want to live your life. And if you are going into coaching or, or any kind of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial world because you want to be more comfortable, mm. stop immediately. It is the absolute opposite, opposite. of that. <laughs> yeah. The absolute opposite. You will never be comfortable mm. ever again. You will be fulfilled. You will be creative. You will be upset. <laughs> you will be worried. You will be all of the things. But yeah, I promise true. you, if you are doing it right, you will not be comfortable. And if you ever wake up one morning and go, I'm re- I've been really comfortable this last couple of weeks, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So that would be my advice. And it's okay if it's not for you. You know, I've, I heard someone say the other day, it made me my blood boil. They were like, anyone could be an entrepreneur. I was like, that's not true. Like, not anyone can be an entrepreneur. Not everyone wants that, actually. Not every, not everyone is willing. Yeah. So ask yourself, am I willing? Am I willing to change the way that I, am I willing to have success? Everyone talks about the fear of failure, but the fear of success is unconsciously much more prevalent in people. What if I start earning more money than my husband? What if my if I change so much, my friends don't like me anymore? What if this relationship doesn't last the test of time? And because we have loss aversion as human beings, so I can quantify what I might lose, but I can't see what I'm going to gain yet. It's like, well, I may as well just stay in this relationship because at least I'm in one. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'll, I, I need to keep my savings account tight in my hands. Because, you know, I, I can't see what the benefit might be of spending that money yet because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And so um, I can't remember why I was talking about that. Anyway, that's my that's my tip. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, it's to, it's to be really honest with yourself about whether or not um, it's not about whether or not you enjoy it. It's whether or not you are willing to do it. Mm. And I think and it's, it's OK if you're not. Yeah. And I think another thing is uh, also like we mentioned a little or like we talked a little bit about in the beginning is, you know, things take time and um, to let go of this belief, you know, I can create this overnight success or, you know, in 90 days or in I I hate those stories. You know, it's great for marketing, of course, when people are like, oh, yeah, within the six first six months of my business, I've created this 5K months whatever whatever story and you're like yeah but what you didn't see is the six years before that (laughs) where she made no money exactly you know where she you know had to borrow money or lived off her boyfriend's money or whatever it was um you know you don't no one no one sees that bit and you know words are fucking cheap man yeah you really do you need to um you need to feel the energy of of a practitioner i think you know And to do that, you probably need to trust yourself a little bit. I mean, I've hired coaches in the past which haven't worked out and they haven't they haven't necessarily been in alignment with me. And, you know, you just learn from that as well. You know, you can't be like, oh, I've wasted that money. You'd be like, okay, well, actually, now I know that, yeah. you know, this is what I need to... It's a bit like dating, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you get more and more precise and, you know, you, you get more and more of an understanding about what you will tolerate, what you won't tolerate, what's right for you, what's wrong for you. So, um, but yeah, getting a mentor and, and being okay if it's not for you is perfectly acceptable. Am I willing to be the person that I'm going to need to be? Am I willing to become disciplined? Am I willing to be brave? Am I willing to show up? Am I re- willing to release the judgment about self or the judgment I feel from other people? Am I willing to do the internal work? Because 98% of business is, is about internal work. If you can come to a place where you have um, emotional resilience, in a world that is 
so uncertain and fluctuating and crazy and messy and scrappy mm. if you can build an emotional stability in yourself which doesn't mean not having bad days it doesn't mean not experiencing yeah. the shit days it's having emotional stability despite those days um I, i'm beginning more and more to see that that's the key to success mm. in all areas of your life mm. wonderful so one thing that i also always like to ask um if there was one message that you could let's say implement into every woman's mind in this world out there uh, just like just like that just because you can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you're a little fairy <laughs> Um, what, what would that one message be that you would like every woman to really know about herself, about life, about whatever it is that you feel is important? Yeah, I am enough. That's it. That simple. You are enough. Who you are right now is enough. Who you are right now is perfect. And I think um, we spend so much of our lives not feeling enough, not feeling like we're good enough mm. um, and carrying around so much responsibility and weight and trauma but the moment that you just accept that who you are right now is enough right now then you get to be more <laughs> but mm. while you're worrying about not being enough you don't give your, yourself permission to be any more than that mm. because the pain is always in the resistance the pain is always in the problem and so don't make yourself not being enough the problem mm. just be enough and then you can be more But you can never be more while you're worrying about not being enough. It's true. And um, the other thing I also always like to ask is, so what would be the message to yourself? You know, if uh, you were able to give, let's say, three pieces of wisdom to six-year-old Emily mm. about, you know, mm. everything that you've known now uh, and been through, what would be three things that you would like her to know? Oh, God, three things I'd like her to know. I think the first would be um, don't don't um, don't dull your own shine for other for the validation of other people. Mm. That would be the first one. The second one would be um, it will be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish I'd had my future self telling me it would be okay so many times, especially in my twenties and early thirties when I was running my life by a metric of somebody else's definition of happiness. And then I think the third thing would be um, have fun. You know, fun is my highest value. Mm. And um, and I spent so many years of my life not having fun. Um, and I I wish I'd I wish I hadn't lost my childlike curiosity and my childlike sense of abandon and that you know loving the theatre and you know being the front and center of the room like I wish I hadn't hadn't lost that mm. I wonder who I would have been if I'd um, harnessed that better in my teens and 20s but then you know also I probably needed to do that in order to come to a resourceful place with it so you know everything happens for a reason I hold that one close to my chest plus you never know what still awaits you now that you have gotten back to that Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. Yeah. A heap of fun, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so Emily, how can, you know, how can people find you? How can they work with you if they, you know, got intrigued by your story, by your message and they want to know more? So um, I run a variety of programs. 
Um, the first, like I said, is $50, so less than $50, 47 bucks. Um, which is called that crazy thing called life. So the best way to um, do that, you can either go to my website, emilychapon.com, or you can join my free Facebook group, which is also called that crazy thing called life. And then I've got a couple of other courses. One is called Unashamedly Human uh, for people who really, really want to go into this concept of like healing their own trauma and being okay with hard emotions so that they can experience the opposite or the polarity of that. Uh, which is more joy and more abundance. And then I've got Next Level Results, which is the year-long mentorship program, which includes one-on-one working with me um, for people who've got those really clear, like, I am ready to, like, make that Mm. change. Um, And I also run retreats um, twice every year. I've got one coming up 2020 in March and one 2020 in November in Bali. Um, So I run Unashamedly Human Retreats there um and yeah social media so uh that crazy thing called life free facebook group and then emily underscore that crazy thing called life which is my instagram um and i'm also going to be doing um i'm writing a book at the moment well i've been saying i'm writing a book all year and haven't been actually executing it and again i was like okay so i need to draw on my past experience of my my strengths um and i know that i'm good at blog writing and i for a whole year i wrote a blog every week for 52 weeks so every week for a year and some of those blogs were written at like three minutes to midnight with tears running down my face in the middle of the night just being like what am I doing (laughs) um but I realized that actually that strategy although at times frantic is the strategy that I work best with I'm a last minute wonder kind of girl Mm. and so I'm now going to write my book in the same fashion so there's going to be sort of a live commentary of me writing a chapter every two weeks and submitting it to a focus group of women that I've assembled and so yeah do follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm going to document and vlog that process um so if you really want to see me at my (laughs) worst (laughs) follow me on Instagram um so that's the process I'm, I'm really looking forward to that um to that challenge I think it will be full of heaps of learnings um and hopefully there'll be a really great book at the end of it. So I'm expecting that to launch mid 2020. Cool. You've mm. got so much stuff lined up. Like that's amazing. And uh, yeah, it's been very nice to see, you know, um, yeah, you know, the, the, your journey from, you know, being at the lowest point to now, you know, all those things that you've just mentioned, you know, it's great accomplishments and um I loved it. So thank you so much for having been part of this. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I really hope many people also, you know, got inspired and got, you know, got especially motivated and the permission uh, to finally be yourself. Just do whatever Mm. the fuck you want and, you know, do it unashamedly, like you said. Yes, absolutely. Own it own your shit exactly the good the bad and everything in between just own it and be okay with it and because the moment that you you're okay with it yeah you can be anything yeah fantastic so thank you so much emily thank you so much for tuning into the thrive podcast and spending your precious time with us if you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too please share it with your network friends and family I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.